1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Pick up your phone while driving, and you might need to be picked up from work. Break the speed limit, and you could be breaking plans with your mates. Leave L or N plates off your car, and you could be left getting taxis for the next six months. So ask yourself, is it really worth it? Seven penalty points over three years will disqualify learner and novice drivers for six months. Steer clear of points and stay on the road. A message from the Road Safety Authority.
2: Welcome everybody to Blood and Mud. We're finally here, sort of, for a Six Nations preview after a very long delay. Combination of jet lag, Californication, my house. Well, not falling down, but just a lot going on and, and having a lot you, of you, a lot of steel considerations. Steel you, RSJs are looming large in my life <laughs> in a way I never really wanted them to.
3: You voluntarily opted to make it fall down, in a way. In know, a way. A, in a way. A falling down of your own creation or so something.
2: Yeah, and it's just horrendous. But it's nice to have you. Well, it's fucking nice of you to join us, Josh. Well, you know. Coming back from America thought, full of cold, obviously.
3: Yeah, I am fucking ill as fuck. So combined with jet lag and the fact that I haven't watched any, literally a millisecond of rugby for the last, whatever it is, 17 or 18 days, um, I think this is going to be one of our best ever. Which is why we're doing doubt. a
2: preview, not bothering to talk about the weekend. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> or not really. The um, So, of course, you must have been... I mean, you were busy in California and obviously enjoying the California life and all that, you know. Uh, were yeah, there like lots a... of girls with Daisy Dukes and bikinis on top? We want to know. Um,
3: it's January, so, I mean, it was only like 18 degrees and most people who actually live in California are wearing like big, puffy North Face coats while I was, you know, in short sleeves and thinking, God, this is fucking lovely, is So isn't Katy
2: Perry has lied to everybody, basically. It's once yes. again another example of the fucking media liberal elite. He's absolutely, an unrealistic shit. echo chamber life.
3: Yeah. Speaking of has-been pop stars, though, I did see Christina Aguilera at Disneyland. So you did know. Did you really? What were yeah. the kids? Yeah. She was sort of loitering next to Toy Story Midway Mania with a bunch of fucking heavies waiting for. I was gonna say because her... it'd be selfies. I mean.
2: <laughs> People want selfies in Disneyland with American teenagers in costumes, so yeah, exactly. Aguilera so would be an, off the charts.
3: An actual bonafide fucking pop star, yeah. But uh, no, just lots of of Disneyland employees basically glaring at anybody that sort of looked at her for too long, which was a bit of a weird sketch. But yeah, to
2: sign a contract that she wouldn't be touched in any way while she was there, didn't they, or something? <laughs> Somebody's going to pay, pay a lot money
3: out. There was not. There wasn't be much chance of that. Don't worry.
2: So obviously you were busy and having a nice time, but. What you missed was a lot of the Saracens' action. I mean, uh,
3: nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. So, and I way. did notice at nothing's one point hilarious. it was a burst it's of happened. about
2: four tweets from you, where yeah, you obviously yeah. couldn't well, contain it anymore from a transatlantic I, position.
3: I, I sort of found myself, uh, you know, at a loose end and looked at the news and went, oh, this is fun. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, I picked a fine time to go away, really, because I think I would have enjoyed it far too much. Um, yeah. It's, it's.
2: It is what it is. Down they go.
3: Yeah, down they go. And I I, ultimately, I feel that the the truth of this whole situation is that um, you know when CVC bought the Premiership, yes, and everybody thought that it made you know Premier Rugby look really you know savvy and smart, and that they're sort of setting their game up for the future. I think it's more to do with the fact that CVC took one look at Premier Rugby Limited and went. This lot are a bunch of fucking jokers. We can have this fucking thing on toast. Yes. Because honestly, what's going on there? What's going (laughs) on? They're so bad at this. I completely agree with it. I completely agree with them getting relegated. But the way that Premier Rugby Limited has gone about doing this is so, so cack-handed to the point where it makes the Pro 14 look really well-organized. I never thought I'd say that.
2: Like a stag do I once went on in Newcastle, nobody comes out of this well. No. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the details, but nobody comes out of this no, well. Please don't. No, No, indeed. Otherwise, it's... it would become the rugby pod with Andy Hilarious Goode, wouldn't it, if I was talking about things like that. So, yeah, no one comes out. Sharrisons haven't exactly called themselves in glory and we're quite clearly trying to do different things. It's not quite as bad as everyone thinks, I don't think, really, when you look at it. But Premier Rugby have made a yeah, they've made themselves look extremely poor.
3: Yeah. They are Saris are banged to rights and Premier Rugby Limited are an organizational shambles who are making this up as they go along. Both of those things can be true. Yes.
2: Said the same thing when Rihanna was on. But you wouldn't know that, because you were no, you know I'm elsewhere.
3: Old. Yeah, yeah.
2: So that's uh, us. Yeah. I'm Lee.
3: Hi. You know
2: that already. I'm available at Blood and Mud <laughs> or Lee at Bloodandmud.com and over there you is may,
3: you may not remember, you may remember me from such yeah. podcasts as fucking ages ago, and <laughs> there was a time when Josh was, was on his
2: podcast, but I can't quite <laughs> remember it now yes
3: uh yeah, I remain Josh Gardner at uh, Josh Gardner at rubbyshire watch dot com you know the fucking deal now surely
2: come on, surely. Come on this is not this, this is not anybody's first rodeo anymore is it Sure, it cannot be it cannot be uh I do a quick pay spotted. For old oh, times' sake, bad, yeah, you
3: know. I haven't, I haven't had a player spotted at me for weeks, so you know.
2: You have had a, a bona fide pop star spotted, though. Yeah,
3: yeah, I suppose I have.
2: Which kind of wins? Anyway, it's Mikey S is written in, and he's written, and I like this typo. He said a live player spooted for you. <laughs> he's he writes here in the DMs. He says, right. "I was away to get the train back from Edinburgh and spotted two men in full cycling lycra getting on their bikes." to leave Waverley Station. One of these men was former Scarlet and Scotland captain John Barkley. No idea where he was going, but wouldn't envy him cycling in this shite weather here in Dublin. Fair. I'm amazed we don't hear about more rugby players in Lycra cycling. It seems like that would be something they would do. In between setting up CBD oil and coffee businesses, I feel that that would be something they should be right involved with.
3: Well, cycling is the sort of great preserve of the competitive man whose body basically can't do any proper sports anymore. Yeah. Isn't. So you know.
2: And it's also the it new seems... golf.
3: Yeah, it's 100% is the new golf because you can spend fuckloads of money
2: Absolutely on shit loads it. Absolutely shitloads of money, yeah, and it doesn't make you any better.
3: <laughs> it doesn't make you any better,
2: no. And you talk um, endlessly about technology that basically doesn't make any difference because you're yeah. basically a fat bastard with legs like toothpicks and you look like a bin yeah. bag full of water in your lycra.
3: Well, that is the only difference between... In golf, you know, I'm not saying that either outfit <laughs> is particularly flattering, but, you know, slacks and a polo shirt is a great deal more forgiving than... It is. like It is, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, one, I wonder why that is. Why Why you don't see more rug I mean, you do see a lot of them doing charity bike rides, to be fair.
2: After they've retired, though, it's the Delario yeah. types, isn't it? And obviously, Garrett think... Thomas just seems to do that permanently now. He's just on a bike for charity. I think about nine months of the year now. It would seem.
3: Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's like how sort of rugby players can't ride motorbikes or any athlete yeah, can't insurance, ride. Yeah, don't be buggering about yeah, on yeah. bikes. Are you mad? Yeah, <laughs> because all it takes is one dickhead who's not paying attention, and you're a fine paste on the side of. I don't the want to get
2: cycling time. political about this, but you live, you work, no, you live in Bristol, right? I do. Bristol has had a big hundred bajillion million pounds spent on its cycling infrastructure recently as part of some redesign. Did you see the video where a guy who cycles to work in Bristol GoPro'd himself going on the road and it took him like 12 (laughs) minutes or or 25 minutes to get to work and then GoPro'd himself on the new cycle network and after 25 minutes he was still at least three miles away from work. Yeah, cause because... Because it's all, all the giveaway thing. shit on the thing, yeah. Yeah. So and obviously nobody's going to gonna use that, so...
3: Yeah, and they're trying to keep it away from busy roads, so it takes massively <laughs> fucking longer. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, Brist, honestly, the, the Bristol's... I could We could fill the whole podcast of just me talking about how stupid Bristol's transport infrastructure is, but I feel like that might be even more boring. That's than what for the patrons, stuff. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah, find basically. us on patreon.com slash bloodandmud, and you can give us a bit of support there if you want. I've not got a list of names. I'll be honest, ladies and gentlemen. I'm underprepared. <laughs> a lot <laughs> less like prepared than I would not, yeah. even though I've had an extra few days to do it. Aforementioned, you know, I'm at a position. We're having a new kitchen, right? And I'm at a position now mm-hmm. where. Do you know in Friends in the episode where um, Monica is making Joey taste salmon mousse? yes yeah, and a yeah. diff- And he goes she says what about this one and he goes it's nice she says, yeah but is it better than the last one and he goes look Monica it's whip fish what do you want me to say <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've reached yeah. this point now with every decision I have to make do you like this title <laughs> this title it's fucking whip fish no idea go for that one fucking give up <laughs> you know that paralysis of choice uh, we've got to buy a new washing machine I'm not paying more than 350 quid for it because why would you Yeah. so I said right yeah, show three. me washing machines between 250 and 350 quid with a minimum 1400 rpm spin speed right yeah. 162 washing machines. That's too many washing machines, man. And it's like they're all white boxes with a glass window. Yeah.
3: My mother had this with a tumble dryer where she... Her tumble dryer is fucked, right? And it's basically... I'm pretty... I mean, it's, it seems to be turning... Wipe things into a sort of dirty brown, which to me the says it's Yeah, I mean,
2: I mean,
3: which to me says it's setting them on fire in a very low key way. <laughs> it's, um,
2: it's caramelizing the washing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
3: Basically, yeah. And so she's, you know, she's, you know, she's, she's got money. She could afford a new tumble dryer. And she's been telling me for when I ring her every week for about at least the last four months, she's been saying about how she needs a new tumble dryer. And every time I just say, "Why don't you?" buy one. And she's like, well, yeah, but I want to make sure I'm getting the right one. There you are. too much choice. The paralysis of choice. And so I just went on fucking AO.com. I was like, look, I'll just fucking find you one. And it was like, yeah, fucking 7,000 tumble dryers. And they're all just white things. And it's like, I don't know what a good tumble dryer is. One that doesn't fucking caramelise
2: shit. They're cleaning up. AO, I tell you. (laughs) They are cleaning up them, they're lads. Me. Well, literally cleaning yeah. up with product with the products they sell and literally <laughs> cleaning up with the money they're hoovering up. Oh, um, well, lovely. Sorry, what were we talking about? Right then, contacts, uh, Patreon. thank no you. Anyway, Absolutely no, no idea. idea. Anyway, so 10 minutes in, not even started yet. Right, let's talk about some news that has happened. We'll have to go back uh, to our... The news begins so to we, catch Josh up Washington, in 1987. <laughs> The first World Cup has just been hosted, won by New Zealand, Josh. Um,
3: (laughs) Wales have controversially finished (laughs) third.
2: Right, anyway, news. Vern Cotter is the new coach of Fiji.
3: Which seems like both a great and terrible idea at the same time.
2: Imagine how many exotic island animals he can now make them kill. An entire new smorgasbord of animals to kill in training.
3: And also, you know, him sort of moving from Scotland where those things were frowned upon to France where, you know, killing defenseless animals... Ideally, torture them before you kill them. Exactly, yeah. That makes them tastier. But, I mean, I feel like in terms of a of laissez-faire, do-what-you-want attitude, like Fiji's going to be some next-level shit, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Like, they gave Ben Roy a fucking village or whatever... Yeah. If Burn Cop, like, I really want them to hunt some people. They'll probably be like... I think they draw I the mean, line at that get, in Fiji, to be it, fair. I don't want to be casting that many Spurgeons. If, if it gets us to the quarterfinals, though. yeah, I'm just saying, so desperate for Fiji yeah. for success. <laughs> you know, who? who, who I, I'm just worried about what he's going to do with that level of power and authority. That's all I'm saying. I, it might I worry a bit of about man.
2: the climate. I've got a vision of him in a in a safari suit, which is mostly sweat patches <laughs> running training. Do you know what I mean? He
3: doesn't, look, he doesn't look like a man that deals with the heat well, does he? No. I, I think he'll be, like...
2: he'll be very ruddy-faced with lots mm. of sweat patches, I'm guessing.
3: Because, I mean, he always did look like a man who... He always did look like most... a man, you're
2: right. Well, <laughs> he always did look
3: like a man, it's true, who just looked extremely kind of at home. In his, you know, in the Scottish winds yes. and rain, mm. it felt like he'd been hewn out of them, and that was his. Yeah, I'm not sure how he'll deal with like 40 degree and 100% humidity. No, I worry about him. If I'm honest,
2: we've been joking, but I'm actually I'm quite excited about this appointment.
3: Honestly, it's yeah. This is we're we're taking the piss. I think we're going to get a... some big Vern Un-
2: sense married to the pizzazz, snazz, and jazz jazz of a fiji
3: if honestly if he can bring if he could basically do with to Scotland to fiji what he did to scotland in terms of bringing some sense and some spine and then just went for the rest of it just went just be fiji boys yeah then fiji could be fucking good Listen, like,
2: you gotta do this then do that good. then do that then you're away
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> honestly, after that, after stage three, do whatever fuck you want. But honestly, yeah. Yeah, these yeah. first three stages, we have to... Hon- yeah. Just stick with me, lads. We have is, to get this, is this non- done.
3: This is non-negotiable. Yeah. you got to do these. However, yeah, after that, fucking crack on. After
2: that, school's out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like... I don't want to get sort of carried away or anything, but Fiji are definitely going to win the 2023 World Cup. World <laughs> World Cup so, you know.
2: Them and France in the final.
3: Yeah. Imagine. Oh, imagine. Imagine
2: that. <laughs> oh, 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 my mind's just drifted away. I've never been happier in that little moment then, when I drifted away. Um, okay, so that's that. So good luck to him. Um, speaking of, well, something we don't wish a great good luck to, uh, Israel Folau was signed for Catalan Dragons because apparently everything's yeah. oh, okay in God. France. Yeah. Um, well, he's been he's been
3: signed to Catalan Dragons, but then also been gagged. So, yes. which is based, which is a very French way of doing it. Which is just like you can believe what the fuck you want, but if you say a single fucking word about it publicly, like Francois you know, Mitterrand's
2: uh, mistress who lived at the end of his drive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't talk like, about it. It's private business. But Look.
3: We're French. We do not do public displays of religion. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth and play <laughs> rugby. Which, I mean, is not exactly... I mean, I'd still rather he not be playing rugby, but it, it's funny to me that he did all this fucking thing for his right to free speech and express who he is, and then the only way he's managed to actually get a fucking job is by going, yeah, right." right, I'll shut so my So it seems mouth.
2: now, the confu- I mean, it's, as we've established previously, God's will is very confusing.
3: God's Tricky. will is for him to be highly paid to not be a Christian in yeah. public.
2: God's Brilliant will stuff. always seems to involve him having money, though. Isn't that isn't that, yeah, isn't that yeah, amazing?
3: Yeah. yeah, I think they call that prosperity gospel in the trend in the, uh, in, is the it? in the in the trend. Are you? Yeah, are
2: you knowing the stuff. I mean, yeah. Um, so, but so, uh, yeah. but obviously, then you know, you know, Josh, it's been well established on this podcast and throughout our history, my feelings about Wigan Rugby League Football Club. I mean,
3: you're not a big fan.
2: I've, no. I think I'll go as far as say I fucking hate them. And that's not <laughs> too strong a word, right? And it is completely chippy and unreasonable, but that's just the way it is. However, yeah. even I've got to hold my hand up and say, well done Honestly, on this week. Because remind top, us of what they've done.
3: Top trolling. Uh, we're going to have decided that their home game against uh, Catalan's Dragon will now be their pride celebration. <laughs> So celebrating the inclusivity
2: I mean, of rugby league,
3: yeah, it's which, the fact
2: that they came out with it about three minutes after his
3: signing was announced. literally seconds later. It, it's just brilliant stuff, and I mean you've got all you know you've got Nigel Owens offering to to have a crash course in rugby league refereeing and take charge of the game you know, everyone's having fun with this, basically, except Israel, who's not allowed to even talk about it or his contract will instantly be terminated, <laughs> which ultimately is probably the funniest part of this whole thing. It's I mean, like, well, I think, but...
2: but there's 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 a there's an out gay, proppy place for Wakefield, who's yes. not very happy. You know, we can sort of say, well done to Wigan for doing what they've done, but he's, I think he's still generally pissed off that Super League have kind of... Yeah,
3: and I think, unless let's not sort of sugarcoat it, you know, it it is a bad fucking look for for any league, particularly Super League.
2: They don't mind signing shit houses down Perpignan no. way, though, do they? I mean, we've no. we've, we've we've obviously seen this recently, mm. so
3: <laughs> yeah. So it, it's 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 a shame, and I wish it wasn't happening. But if it has to happen, then I'm glad it's happening yeah. in the way that it's happening.
2: We're absolutely here for Wigan's response. Indeed. Chris Radlinski's uh leading all this. Uh, if you remember, if you remember, Chris Radlinski, red fullback, absolutely oh, yeah, amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. player. Clive Woodward was very much after him in the Jason Robinson period.
3: I can believe that
2: he was. Well, you know, not because he was a rugby league player. He was simply one of the most talented outside backs I've ever seen. So I think he's a mm-hmm. he'd have been a good shout. But anyway, we digress. Continuing, what else have we got here? Let's oh, digress. Yeah. Um, Kyle it's... Sinclair is off to Bristol.
3: Yeah, he is. Uh, which is weird when you think that everyone was sort of convinced that Kyle, that it would be Ellis Genge going home to Bristol. because that I he heard had that some...
2: interview with him, though, on um, or that one with Haskell on. I forced myself to listen uh, to it because yeah, I didn't see how didn't good think... it was. And he was actually saying, Genji, his mates keep telling him not to go back there. Just There's no point. What's the point of coming back here?
3: Yeah. And also, I feel like for somebody and i think he he'd probably be quite open about that you know from a for a lad like him who's from a shit part of null and you know still has I don't has know Bristol probably, is that a
2: rough part of Bristol
3: it's not a lovely part of Bristol no um and you know is probably still has a, a lot of mates in that neck of the woods who are a little bit fucking sketchy from his point of view he probably thinks well I'm going to keep my nose a lot more fucking clean and be a lot less surrounded by negative people here in Leicester where I basically live with nobody, like I spend my time with basically just rugby players than being around all my old fucking mates who maybe are a little bit fucking, you know, I'm sure they're perfectly nice people, but they're not fucking professional rugby players who are focused on just playing professional rugby
2: and that's probably been really good for his career. Well, Bristol have got one of the best props in the world there. On form, yeah.
3: For minute, uh, yeah. Back to Kyle Sinclair. Fuck me, what a brilliant signing that is. Yeah, arguably the best player in his position in the world, or certainly top two or three. In
2: with a shout, and he, yeah.
3: And the sort of player that Pat Lam, well, obviously because he fucking signed him, but the sort of <laughs> player that Pat Lamb will fucking love. Yes, fits right in have... to the yeah.
2: it, to the Pat Lam wheelhouse. <laughs> yes, all a prop. Yeah, yeah it sounds <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> Other
3: signing news. Um, yeah. um, well, apparently, I mean, this isn't signing news. Because nobody knows, like Saracen's going down, right? Right. Uh, nobody knows what that means for everyone. The fact half of the fucking England team is currently on Saracen's books. Um, and because, yeah. You Not know,
2: one player will be leaving, Gavin. Not one player will be leaving.
3: Yeah. But I, well, According I mean, to Stephen Jones think St. Stephen said it, so it's got to be true. Like everything none. else that he said. None. 100% true. How oh, many players believe in? Um, none. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this you know, practically something has to be done about this. Because surely Owen Farrell and Billy Vunipola and Mario Toje and Maka Vunipola can't be playing championship rugby can't next year. Can't be playing year.
2: Rotherham next year.
3: On a fucking Lions year.
2: Are Robinson in that league? I don't know.
3: Don't know, don't care. Because nobody else cares about the championship. No offence to championship fans, but, I mean, let's be real here. Even the RFU doesn't really care about the championship anymore. <laughs> and and so, you know, something's going to have to happen. Whether it's players going away on loan, whether it's players going away permanently, it's, it's a huge issue. So the talk is today that Lyon in France uh I don't know why I said Leon in France as if you don't know where Leon is, but you know, as opposed to as opposed
2: <laughs> to Leon in Lincolnshire, yeah.
3: <laughs> well as opposed, to, as opposed to Leon, the sort of mid priced, you know, vegan friendly restaurant chain that you occasionally <laughs> see in <laughs> posh out of town places. Um yeah, Leon apparently after uh, a new 10, a new lock and a new number 8 and they'd quite like it to be Owen Farrell, Mara, soja and Bittu no, wouldn't, wouldn't, um, wouldn't we all? <laughs> well indeed, wouldn't we all? The difference is that they can just fucking throw money at it and nobody cares over in France um, Yeah, because Jonathan uh, Wisniewski is retiring uh, they, and Liam Gill is leaving as well, so uh, they basically want some some quality beef because they, I think they're currently like either first or second in the, in the top fourteen. So they, they have big ambitions and, and they play in red and black So you know they won't have to sort of change. You know, do they he, have a lot of humility
2: he, though? though and, and no, honesty. no humility.
3: Unfortunately, uh, well that but, could be uh, a stumbling
2: block because everyone knows how important that is. Could, so. it could,
3: but yeah, um, it really will be interesting to see where all of these players end up next season because. Eddie Jones can't pick a starting 10 who's playing championship-level rugby. I'm just, I don't care if he is Owen Farrell. Like, you just can't make a step up from playing fucking
2: Robin Escher. are not in the championship, by the way. Okay. So they'll well, we'll be playing the likes of Ealing, Cornish Pirates, Jersey, Coventry, Amptill, Hartbury, London Scottish, Yorkshire Canninger are going to go down, so not them. Bedford, Nottingham, Doncaster... This is the thing, though. Like you can't
3: expect some, you know, even players as good as fucking
2: the Vunapolas
3: or Otagi or or Elliot Daly or, or Owen Farrell to be playing fucking away at Ampil one week and then going into the Six Nations squad and play fucking Ireland in Dublin. You know, it's 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 not feasible in terms of a sort of step up in intensity. No. And so yeah, something you know, whatever any sort of hysterical Saracen supporting journalists might think, something's they're going to have to go somewhere, and it'll be will really be interesting to see if they go on permanent deals or if they go on loans, because I think that will say a lot about what the long term future of Saracens as a project is.
2: Well, Stuart McCall's talking about a uh, hard. It's not Stuart McCall, Mark McCall. Stuart McCall yeah. played for Everton and Rangers. <laughs> Mark McCall is saying that um, he keeps talking very euphemistically about hard resets and stuff like that. So I think he's fully expecting to have a totally new squad in the Championship to build I think realistically, year year zero type thing.
3: And the problem with Saracen's success uh, is that basically every player that plays for them that plays well almost instantly gets picked for England. And so even the sort of young players that they've got.
2: Apart from Ben Spencer.
3: Apart from Ben Spencer. <laughs> although, you know, he, 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 it's not like he hasn't had a, a couple of cracks at the England shirt as well. You know, yeah, he's, he's. you look at the players that have come through, you know, even even this se- season, you know, Ben Earl's ben looking Earl, yeah. like, you know, are they even going to be able to keep Ben Earl? You know, <laughs> like.
2: Well, his agent will have something to say about it, won't he? Exactly, because his agent's job the... get him the best deal, isn't it? So yeah, and
3: most, you know, you look at their fucking current squad and you think Jamie George is fucking off. You know, Jack Singleton's—is he already off? He might I don't be... know. <laughs> but you know, um, you know, Rhys Carey's not going to want to play Championship rugby next season. He wants to be playing Test matches for fucking Wales and potentially going on a Lions to it. You know, all the old—you know—all the old boys: your Foggalo's, your Cox, your Michael Rhodes, your you know even somebody like sean maitland or whatever they'll all be gone anyway you know but like the it's the england boys the ones that were supposed to be this fucking future bedrock of the whole fucking edifice i don't see how they can keep them together because they the problem is that they're too good to play championship rugby for even for a year because it'll do such a huge amount of damage to their fucking careers if they do
2: Yes. Anyway, anyway, enough about yeah. them. I can't talk about them mm. no more. I'm glad when it's all over. No.
3: no, they they technically don't exist anymore, you know.
2: Last so. one, Matsushima's off to Claremont apparently. Yeah, he
3: is. That's going to be fun, isn't it? Isn't replacing, it? Nick ben, replacing Nick Abandonen, who's off at the end of the season. Nick Abandonen,
2: who is still there.
3: Still slummo there, Nick Abandonen yeah. is
2: still a thing, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> How old
3: is Nick Abandonen now?
2: Oh, 32,
3: young, I guess. 33 years. is, yeah. i just had a look. Yes. It's amazing. Remember when, the was it the last, the World Cup before last, where the, the Nick Abandon hype was at its yeah. most feverish? He um, was a
2: James Simpson, Daniel cause celebrity, type, wasn't he? Every now and again there would was,
3: be. yeah. In a sort of a, a Stefan Armitage type. Speaking of Nick Abandon and Stefan Armitage, actually, the uh, report in the rugby paper about everybody fucking off to Leon also says that... Um, the RFU is basically going to tear up the exceptional circumstances rule next season because it basically feels filled... it's,
2: it's exceptional circumstances. It's, it's, because...
3: it's, yeah, it's basically saying that like the players shouldn't be punished for the you know for the money the mistakes, they've taken for the money they've taken <laughs> the, without knowing anything about it. Obviously, because it was just totally innocent and they had absolutely no knowledge of what was going on. And um, yes, you yeah, know it's it's classic. Let's look after Team England first and foremost stuff, which makes all the sense in the world because it would be very silly if Owen Farrell or Maro was playing in France because Saracens got relegated and then he couldn't play for England. Funny, but silly. Yeah.
0: You might hear the word insolvency and think companies, but insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due. You're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland, or ISI, has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt, from credit cards to mortgages. For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI, together, will get you back on track. Pick up your phone while driving? and you might need to be picked up from work. Break the speed limit, and you could be breaking plans with your mates. Leave L or N plates off your car, and you could be left getting taxis for the next six months. So ask yourself, is it really worth it? Seven penalty points over three years will disqualify learner and novice drivers for six months. Steer clear of points, and stay on the road. A message from the Road Safety Authority.
2: Right then, should we actually now anyway, talk yes. about the Six Nations? Now we've finally got all the washing machine banter out of <sighs> everyone else. Yeah?
3: yeah. i tell you what, speaking of washing machine banter, I got a letter through the door the other day saying that my washing machine has been recalled and I can get a brand fucking new one for free. Imagine my excitement, especially as that washing machine broke about six months ago and I just haven't bothered changing it.
2: Magnificent work. Honestly, it was
3: the best thing that's happened. <laughs> like or oh, one thing to come back to from yeah. all of that. You're fed up, bitch, yeah,
2: I've got to go back to work. Yeah. Have a free what washing machine. What the fuck is machine. this now?
3: Have a free fucking washing machine that was already broken up anyway. To
2: what value? Uh, it it's full replace,
3: full replace, full replacement of the same model or equivalent. i claim
2: emotional trauma.
3: I'm absolutely... Me- they could get you
2: a Dyson washing machine or something. <laughs> Do they still make a washing machine, Dyson. Who knows? Did they ever make one? used to, and it had, it had two drums... <laughs> that rotated in different directions to actually ring the clothes more. Listen to me, what a fucking loser I am. But yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was about as you can imagine it was about 1200 quid.
3: I was going to say it's going to be 17 million pounds. Wi-Fi. Uh, oh appliances my god, like. I've just seen the photo of it. It was purple and all. It was when Dyson was in its everything's purple era. Yes.
2: And it's uh, Oh, that's wretched. And and this this is another thing that's a thing now and I, is you know Wi-Fi appliances.
3: What the fuck is that shit Turning about? Turning
2: your washing machine on from work.
3: Like, I get it. I get the smart home thing, right, yeah. when it comes to central heating. Yeah. Like, sometimes, you know, you want to turn your heating on so that it's nice and warm when you get home from mm. work or whatever. I've got that. That's
2: very useful. Yeah. Yes.
3: You know, house alarms and all that sort of things. I've got a fucking Wi-Fi in every one of those. It's brilliant because, you know, when Even my those captain...
2: doorbell things.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't like those because I don't want to see who comes to my house. But like, I don't want anybody to
2: come to my house. I don't, yeah. I don't want to encourage them by having a fancy exactly. doorbell. Um,
3: just, put, just leave it around the fucking side. The last thing I want to do is have a conversation with a fucking postman while I'm in work <laughs> to tell him to leave it around the side. Use a bit of common sense.
2: The Wi-Fi fridge I anyway. like, though, the one that's got a camera in it and you can look if you've got any milk. You know. <laughs> I mean, have we got is any ham? Yeah. Check how, many, how much ham we've got. Can you zoom in? I can't see. What's the date on it? No idea.
3: But i I'd, I'd ideally want to, that to sort of just tell me anyway. I don't want to have to look. I want it just to, on the way home for it to just text you and go, okay. by the way, you're out of milk.
2: Fridges that That's... talk to you via your phone. Now, if that isn't something that Nigel Ray will be interested in, I don't know.
3: <laughs> it's a great investment opportunity. <laughs> Yes. Co-investment opportunity, sorry. Hmm.
2: Imagine Chris Ashton walking in when he was there. Fridges that talk to you, <laughs> Nigel. Bear with me. <laughs> Can't I just buy you a house instead? <laughs> Fine. Oh, go on then. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. Yes, we will anyway, now talk about the six we, we, Expectations for the tournament. <laughs> it's been hard to get excited about this tournament in some ways because there's been that much going on and you've not even been here anyway. So it's, been, it's all of a sudden it's here.
3: I mean, without me, yeah, I can understand why you you struggle to get excited oh, about gee. this whole thing. Um, no, it's a weird, this is you a are weird nothing, if You are nothing
2: if you're not a man that gives up a high vibe of excitement. <laughs> most
3: of <the> time. <laughs> I'm just a bundle of energy. I don't <laughs> let anybody tell you otherwise. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel, I genuinely feel like a combination of Rugby World Cup mixed with, like, all of the Sarri shit. Mm has really put, thrown a, a bit of a fucking, I don't know, it's just a, it's a, rugby's got a bit of a fucking cloud over it at the moment in the Northern Hemisphere. Even if even if you're enjoying in a sort of, you yeah. know, shard and fraud away. Way. Yes. Yeah, in a shard and fraud kind of way, enjoying what's going on at Sarries right now. The reality that they, you know, have effectively been cheating the system and... England have been directly benefiting from that, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, for the last three years at least. Just kind of it doesn't make anybody feel good about rugby, does it? Even no, if you really
2: nobody wants think that's, this, do we?
3: No, <laughs> we'd rather people weren't cheating. And just because we might be sort of glad that somebody has got caught at last, it doesn't, doesn't make the reality of it any less unpalatable for our sport. And so, it, yeah, it just feels a bit like. Yeah, so I mean, here's Six Nations. Good. Like, I hope it, I hope it distracts us all from the fucking absolute misery bullshit that has been the last couple of months of what's been going on off the field in the rugby world. Like, which that's kind of all I'm hoping for for this tournament. Really, well, I think is you, it? You're going to get that, Josh. You should Saracens.
2: fucking straighten your face. If I'm honest, <laughs> 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 I'm looking forward to it. Um, should we talk about the games this, it's going to be a fun there's a lot of teams in transition I suppose because we've just yeah, ended a World expect- Cup cycle
3: the uh, actual expectations I think it's probably going to be it'll either be one of the most interesting and open tournaments in years or it's just going to be a fairly comprehensive procession for England to win it because they're the only team that isn't in total transition yeah and that's kind of how I, I, I can't really see it going either way either like any other way it's either going to be really fucking nip and tuck and we're not going to know who's winning it until probably the last fucking minute of the last weekend or it'll just be yeah england actually have their shit together because they aren't blooding shit loads of new players or a new coach
2: i want just some i want some some more bat shit really in a good way
3: i think, I think, think there'll be get
2: a few it, games yeah. this year that'll be a little bit fucking mad I think yeah. Wales-France could be a fucking mad... A complete and utter, like, lunatic asylum <laughs> show.
3: I think... Honestly, I, I mean, what game do you want to talk about first? Like...
2: for the Well, yeah, I'm going ahead, but for this weekend... I was gonna,
3: yeah. For the, like, fuck it, let's talk about England-France first, because I really want to talk about that fucking French backline, because, I mean, come on. Tell me that you don't look at that French backline and just... I mean, I've basically been rubbing my thighs ever since I saw that team and I haven't stopped. It's just, finally, and I think what really excites me about it is it's that back line and you look at it and you just think, fucking Dupont, Natamak, Pernod, Fico, Vakatawa, Teddy, Tomar and Bouthier. Yes, 100% yes. And then you think, Sean Edwards has been coaching these lads as well. Yes. And that's just that's just really exciting for me. I mean, it won't be when they're fucking... And they haven't won it for so long, man. It's been so long since France have done anything in rugby. And I look at that team and I look at the coaching now and I just think, yeah, this could be really, really good and fun.
2: Just finish it off, the forwards a uh, by Marshawn who are... LaRue, Wilhelmser, Crow, Olivon, new captain, and Aldrete. Crow,
3: Olivon, and Aldrete as a back throw, by the way, <laughs> is fucking yes. tasty, isn't it? Yes, yes, um, yes. <laughs> there's so much shitosery there. Like, so much. And Olivon, I honestly think Olivon as the captain is such a great move because he's just... He's exactly the sort of captain this France team needs, I think, because there's so much insanity and glorious, expressive brilliance in that backline. It just needs somebody who's a bit of a fucking psycho and a bit of a kind of no-nonsense bloke to sort it out. To be and the kind and of also guy.
2: plenty of ability.
3: Also, <laughs> absolutely. That's the, thing, yeah, no back, that's the thing with back rowers these days. They're all fucking... They could all play rugby, but Olivon's got enough of the old school about him that I just feel like... You'll we just have, calm it up well, a there's bit. There's
2: plenty of the scent of the Olivier Magna about Olivon. Big style. And for that, big style. I am yeah. here all day. The, oh, all uh, day long. Um, <laughs> replacements-wise, it's <laughs> Mal Vaca, Jefferson Poirot, Demba Bamba, Palu, Wokey, and then <laughs> Baptiste Serrat, Matthew Jalabert, Rattes, to come on in the back. Yes, yes. Boom, 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 boom. Disco. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, just imagine. Imagine the fucking... The barefaced fucking cheek of taking Antoine punt on and bringing on fucking Baptiste Saran <laughs> and then taking Antemak off and bringing on fucking Jaliver. Oh. Yes.
2: Yes. So, yeah, it all looks very exciting. However, they are going to come up against an England team that's not been named yet as we record this, but the squad has been named, and we can probably try and... Um...
3: Well, like, given that they've, they've named a squad of 25... I mean, we've just got to pick which two players aren't playing.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that squad of twenty-five is the forwards: are Cowan, Dickey, Tom, Curry, <coughs> Ewells, Genge, Jamie, Georgia, Toji, Cruis, Laws, Ludlam, Marler, Sinclair, Stewart, Underhill, Vonopola, Mako Version. Mm-hmm. Backs: are Daly, Devoto, Farrell, Ford, George, Furbank, Hines, Joseph. May Thorley Tulangi and Youngs.
3: I mean, I'll tell you straight off the bat that Furbank and yeah. uh, Ollie Thorley aren't going to be in the team. No, they're and not. And that. Other than that, it's yeah. As you were, I mean, as you were really, yeah. Um, it is
2: pretty much, isn't it? Really, as you said, yeah. it's the one thing. There was a there was a lot of rumour. There was a lot of talk that Ben Earl may actually start at eight but that's yes. obviously not happening which looks like it's going to be a kind of three well is Ludlum going to play at 8 and they go kind of three flankers do they put laws I at think, 6
3: i think it's a brave or a Todge at 6 you know mm-hmm. it's 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 a, i would say it's a brave man that goes to the stand de fronts and plays a lightweight back row you know it's 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 France at the end of the day, even though that—I mean—that cap, that French pack's only got 85 caps between them, and a lot of those are in fucking are in La Rue. Mm. They're very, very inexperienced, but it's still France. They're still coached by well, they're still coached by Sean Edwards now.
2: And also. Jones has also said, hasn't he, we're going to go there and smash the living fuck out of this. Well, he didn't say that, but he's effectively said he we're going to go is, and yeah. smash the fuck out of this, this inexperienced France team. Because believe. I'm sure Jones is going, because believe me, I know what it feels like to have the fuck smashed out of you. Because that's what happened <laughs> in our last game. So basically that's what's happening. Yeah, with, our new, sma- with our new we've forwards got some coach.
3: Fuck waiting to smash out. Us. Yeah, us and Proudfoot are, are
2: coming it. over to do some fuck smashing out. <laughs>
3: And you look at, you know, the players that they've picked, there's some, you know, there's a lot of big lads there. Hmm. It's... The, we I think always looks a, a bit do.
2: small when you think, well, Billy's gone. So you think, well, mm. was, but actually they're not small, the people who are left behind. They're just not quite the Billy not Caryon thing. Not quite as
3: thing. big. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I, we know what England are going to do, but not many teams have been able to stop him over the last four or five years. And it is asking a lot of that French pack, that very, very expe- experienced French pack to to that's, really turn up. But that's assuming and they have just got
2: an entire plan that as soon as anybody touches the ball, it goes to Vaca Tower as fast as possible. And then we play from I mean, there. That
3: certainly would be my plan. <laughs> I mean, is is there a better player on the planet right now than Vakatawa?
2: It's it's absolutely remarkable. Isn't and it? when you
3: think, when you look at, I mean, realistically, unless they go the Ford 10 ten twelve thing, which they may do,
2: I think they may, and do then that.
3: stick and stick Manu at thirteen. I mean, I would st- as good as Manu is. If I was Vacatower, I would think I'd be licking my lips at that. Uh, I'm much much quicker than he yeah. is. I fancy and standing I, him up and going. Yeah, yeah. I I fancy his turning circle is not brilliant.
1: Yeah.
3: And yeah, if you but you look at, I can't see Oli Devoto starting. So no. You know, it's it's yeah, it's 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 an interesting. It'll be interesting to see the specific makeup of that team, but I do think we know what we're going to get from England. The only issue is whether France can stop it. Uh, but I just, I honestly really hope that what we get from France is actually some fucking sense and some like, like, like being a proper grown-up rugby team. As funny as it is when France are mental, <laughs> if France just sort of took on the character of sort of,
2: well, they've been two thousand six,
3: two kind of, thousand seven era, era France. They've been kind of
2: dull. They've been shit and dull, haven't they? They've been yeah. inevitably, they've been inevitably crap generally, and also kind of dull mm-hmm. and frustrating with it. At least, and quite often unfit as well. It's yeah, and I think that will cha- That will have changed now. Yes, big it, they might not be all the way there, but that will have changed. The conditioning did look better in the World Cup, actually.
3: It did, and um,
2: and they looked better.
3: Like you know, they 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 came within you know a kick at goal of getting to the semi final of the Rugby World
2: Cup. They. And to be fair, they, if you remember, it was the batshitness. It was. It was. That's what. Un- that's what. Un- it was Inter going off at half-time against Wales, which kind of ruined their game. Really. Yeah, they we'll
3: were completely but... coasting up until then. And yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if they can they can kick on from that, add a bit more structure, be a bit more solid. You know, not that they've ever had too much problem being good defensively, to be honest. But not Edwards level solid. If they can be Edward's level solid in defence and France on attack. Holy fuck.
2: Set piece I worry about, and specifically the line-out. So I just... Uh... Yeah. I think we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. You, who are you going for?
3: Um, England, to be honest. I'd like to see France spring an upset, but I just think England's... They were in a World Cup final a couple of months ago, and it wasn't without reason. Hmm. And they'll have a point to prove.
2: England by seven, I'm saying.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say England by twelve. Ooh.
2: Don't think I don't know what you're doing. <laughs>
3: um, so... Giving, giving my, my genuine and, and unfettered opinion.
2: <laughs> uh, where are we going next? Do you want to talk about your yeah. team?
3: Yeah, I suppose so. Just, um, yeah.
1: So, despite
2: I mean, all advice and all sense, George North is playing thirteen this weekend
3: yeah i mean i I get it sometimes you just have to you know when like you're a kid and your mum says don't touch that it's hot <laughs> and then you touch it anyway and it's hot and you burn like yourself Homer
2: when he's grabbing that toaster ow ow <laughs>
3: exactly wait so clearly wayne pivak needs to to see for himself that george north is not a 13 at test level um <laughs> It's very frustrating because honestly, one of the other things that <laughs> happened while I was away was the hilarity of Nick Tompkins suddenly becoming
2: Welsh. Yes, which, honestly, well, well, a whole load of people suddenly becoming I, Welsh. I,
3: I, la- I laughed for about three days about Nick Tompkins <laughs> becoming Welsh. Like. Absolutely. And, and it's just a shame that they just give the guy a fucking start. He's an actual 13. It's Italy. Let's give him a go at test level. He probably will be really fucking good.
2: Well, what Pivac's had a choice between is a person who has a lot of international experience versus a person who yeah. can actually play 13. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've been trying to weigh up. And I get the feeling, you know, like if you look over the edge of like a wall and you yeah. say... I'm going to jump off this. And somebody says, well, uh-huh. don't, because it's about 30 metres down. And he goes, no, 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 it's not. It's about 20 metres down. If that. If that. But no, 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 I think it's 30. No, I think it's 20. I'm jumping off it anyway. Either way, you're breaking both your ankles when you hit the fucking floor, <laughs> aren't you? And I get the feel there's a kind of argument about how good or, you know, it's a degree of how not good George North is at 13. But yeah. it's all a not good spectrum. So, I
3: mean, I think the reality is that Pivak looks at what he wants from wings and what George North has done over the last year or so in Test Rugby. And he's gone, I need to find a way to keep this guy involved because he's an unbelievable athlete and player, but he's not a wing that I can use. No. And so if he's going to be playing for me, he'll be playing for me at 13.
2: And, you know, and I think my first decision as the coach... Big decision as the coach definitely should be to put my worst defender in the most fundamental defensive fulcrum in the entire team.
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's
2: better at pl- his job pl- than pl- I will ever be, let's be honest. On the plus side, Carlo Canna's
3: playing 12. So, you know. What was that, sorry? On the plus side, Carlo Canna's playing 12. So, you know, it's not like he haven't given us a bit of a fucking handicap there.
2: I suppose, yeah, there is that. There is that. Also, Tommy what, Allen and, and, and
3: Carlo Kanner doing the Ford Farrell thing but in a sort of our price you know, smart price kind of way.
2: The um I suppose what we haven't talked about with the move of George is the fact that Johnny McNichol's making his debut, isn't he? So
3: Yeah. And and quite rightly so. This is this is what I'm saying. It's like Wales currently have way too many good wings for George North to sort of sit sullenly out on his wing doing fuck all. Which is kind of what he's done a lot of or carrying hard into traffic, and they I feel like everyone feels like George North needs to do something to sort of get back to where he is capable of being, but I don't think you know him playing thirteen and getting his hands on the ball more has not really seemed like it's been something that's worked for that in the past. I don't think it's going to be now.
2: Apparently, it's a thing that Grand Slams happen after World Cups. Um, I think this year has got, surely, has got Sergio Parise coming back just for his one game of the tournament to win the Grand Slam for Italy.
3: Um, I mean,
2: why not? Why not? Fuck it. Everyone's saying about well, how, no, you know, the tournament needs Sergio's something to no, spicy. It it'll up, be
3: Sergio so. Parise coming back for his one game of the tournament um, to lose the Grand Slam for Italy because Italy's back row is much better without him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My new favourite person, Lazzaroni, is a play. Is on the bench.
3: He is. Yeah,
2: they've gone with the back um, row with uh, Negri, Paledri, and Abraham Stein. That's still yeah. decent, actually.
3: Honestly, like that Italy pack is no jokes, um, and it's a great shame that Josh Navidi looks like he's going to miss the first three rounds of the tournament with more hamstring trouble. Um, but I mean. I I cannot explain to you quite how happy it makes me to see the words 8 Talibé Falatow written on a team sheet <laughs> yes. for the first time in nearly two years.
2: And then if you layer that onto the fact that next to it is 6 Aaron Wainwright and 7 oh gosh, Justin and Tipperidge. Seven, Justin
3: Dipperidge. I do this. Rubbing <laughs> He's rubbing
2: together. his hands together, ladies and gentlemen. He's um, rubbing his hands together. Uh,
3: honestly, I, I, when I read it... Because it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it ha it's been nearly two years since Falltown last pulled on a fucking Wales jersey. Can you believe God, that? Wow. Like his injury heck is <laughs> Yeah, he hasn't played for Wales since twenty eighteen. Wow. In the Six Nations was the last time he played for Wales.
2: A proper full two years.
3: Yeah. And it's Everybody, I think we've forgotten how fucking good he is. <laughs> you know, And understandably so. Well,
2: I had, I hadn't because you always know, but you kind of... You're not as it's not as front of your mind. And of course, he, yeah, he plays definitely. like two games at Bath, and he comes out as a perfectly formed international level player again after a two-year <laughs> yeah. layoff. You know, yeah. there's no like slow build-up. Play it's just AT like his yeah.
3: man of the match <laughs> looks like a he looks like a Lions player again yes. instantly without even missing a beat, and. I think we've, like, it's, you know, what Fauriati has done a, a, and Josh Navidio various times have done admirably in filling the void of the number eight jersey for Wales over the last two years. I mean, there's been a Grand Slam one in that. We got to World Cup semi-final. It's not been bad. And yet. Hmm. Falatau's a different fucking gravy, man. And
2: it's when you see, when you see Navidi play, and a lot of people go, oh, you know what, when Navidi's playing, I'm not sure, what do you do with Tolupe, Do you put him back start, in? And, start, and You uh... <laughs>
3: instantly start him at number eight, you fucking But it's move. then when
2: you see him play again, you go, oh, yeah, sorry, I'd I kind of forgotten that that's <laughs> what he is, yeah. Yeah,
3: and well, I really hope that he just goes and has a classic Falatau game. And just does everything. The Wales
2: team, by the way, just to just for completeness, is Lee Halfpenny at fullback, yes. Johnny yes. McNichol, George North, Hadley Parks, Josh Adams, Dan Bigger, Thomas Williams. who I'm very happy to see starting actually. Uh, yeah,
3: Gareth. Gareth Davies had a bit of a twinge yeah. apparently. So, uh, well, I mean,
2: I, I you know I, I'd like to see him starting I, anyway. I think, to be I honest, I think but, yeah.
3: he's a better player. So yeah.
2: Wyn Jones, Ken Owens, Dylan Lewis, Jake Ball, Alan Wynn, still there. Mumrally ever living. Aaron <laughs> Wainwright, Justin Fallotown on the bench is Ryan Elias, Rob Evans, Leon Brown. Corey, Leon Hill. Brown. Corey Hill, Ross Moriarty, and then Reese Webb. Wee. Jared Evans. Fucking hell, there's some Hawaiian tropic shit going on on the bench there, isn't there? <laughs> Reese Webb and Jared Evans. Woof. <laughs> They'd be getting buffed up before they come out of the pair of them. <laughs> and then oh Nick my Tompkins. I might
3: be the, the most uh, fake tan... <laughs> Yes. Nine and ten combinations since Mike Phillips and James Hook played together. Yes. Good Lord.
2: And then Italy, full team, is forwards first is Zilocci, BG, Lavotti, Zanni, Niccolo Canoni, Negri, Paledri, and Abraham Stane, which, as you said, looks pretty decent. And
0: it's then when bad, the ball it?
2: comes out the back of whatever good work they do. It comes to the first three hands, first three pairs of hands. It comes to a uh, Callum Brady, Tommy mm-hmm. Allen, and then Carlo Cannor at twelve. I mean, it's worth a try, I suppose. I, you know. So I'm looking. I'm looking at uh, um, this
3: team sheet on rugby passing. We've spoken in the past about my yeah, irritation special top with the,
2: Trumps thing they the,
3: the, the RPI fucking yes. rugby <laughs> passing days. Like out of a hundred, uh, would you like to know what Carlo Canner's RPI is? <laughs> is it less than 30? No, it's not quite that bad.
2: <laughs> it is 47, which is... Give me um, a comparison. I've never really looked at this in great detail. So what is...
3: Hadley, Hadley Parks is 67. Right. Uh, Dan Bigger is 82. Mm. Um, and... So you yeah, want to be the, above... Uh, you want
2: if, As an international player, you want to be above 60, do you?
3: 60 seems about right, yeah. 60 seems like average sort of... International, leaving player, aside the fact but...
2: that this is all bullshit, absolute nonsense. <laughs> you have to be but above yeah. sixty, yeah.
3: Carlo Cana is forty-seven, and to be honest, with you, he's recently risen. So, um, <laughs> I, I I genuinely dread to think how bad it got. He I is mean... ranked, and I'm looking. I'm looking at it here. He's he's ranked 156 of 183 flyoffs in the world, <laughs> which is,
2: and he's not even play fair. flyoff. And, th- and,
3: th- and 36 of 39 international fly There's only three international fly who are worse than him. I've got to find out who this is. Who's worse than him? Oh, Kurt Morath, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: ben Vola no, uh
3: that Mal Gurdze, the Georgian oh, yeah. lad. And uh, uh, Latumi Facita, And yeah. So nobody good, in other words. <laughs> Um, actually, no, he's ranked. Sorry, Carl is ranked below Kurt Morat. <laughs> I've done that the wrong way around. So, yeah, Latimi Fasita, Patrick Parfi, and uh, Sergei Inashukin, which is the Russian bloke, I believe.
2: Imagine if Cannaby at 12 becomes a thing and then the England game rolls round and they go, and Reddy goes, I think I'm going to move Manu in one for this game. <laughs> I think I'm just going to play Manu at 10. <laughs> Andy, Andy Farrell, I'm keeping Bundy at 12 this week.
3: <laughs> and I'm playing Robbie Henshaw at 13. <laughs> <laughs> and the Incredible Hulk at 10. And I'm
2: playing Jack Ryan at fullback. Yeah, James <laughs> Ryan at full back. Not Jack Ryan. He's a bloke from Spy Books. James Ryan. Anyway, where were we? Uh, yeah, so the back anyway, line anyway. So yeah, let's give it its full picture. It's yeah. Callum Braley, Alan... And then you've got Bellini on the wing, Canna at 12, Maurici at 13, Sarto at 14, and our Lord and Saviour, Matteo Minocci at 15.
3: Who will probably score a hat-trick, to be honest with you, because Wales hate playing against Minocci and
2: he loves playing against Wales. Bench-wise, Jaden Hayward's on the bench. Is Benvenuti injured? Why is he nowhere near this squad? Don't know. Don't know. Anyway, we'll find out. So there you go. That's that. Predictions.
3: Um... I think this has got classic Wales Labour to unconvincing Six Nations opener written all over it. Um so I'm gonna say sort of Wales by about four.
2: I think Wales will be up by about eighteen in half an hour. I reckon I really hope so. I reckon this but, could uh, be one of them, especially since it's being played in Cardiff.
3: I hope so. And if nothing else, I hope that Reese Webb and Jareth Evans come on at sixty minutes and it all just goes fucking swimmingly. <laughs>
2: Uh right then. Lastly. Uh, Ireland-Scotland then, yeah. Ireland versus Scotland. Now, this is a lot of transition here, of course. Andy Farrell is now the head coach. Lots of question marks about, can he do it? Top head coach, all of that kind of stuff. Some interesting mm. selections in his wider squad that have not necessarily translated into anything that interesting. Well, no, some bits but are, but not time... enormously interesting, I suppose.
3: Yeah, I think there's some interesting... The interesting stuff is, I think... Whether he will stick with the the things that the changes that he's made to at least the starting fifteen, you know, no Peter, you know Peter Romani on the bench.
2: Peter Romani's not playing bit... well. There was there was a no, lot exactly. of talk before and saying he's you know if you're going to drop somebody, I mean, obviously he's he's quite the titan, isn't he? But he yeah. really hasn't been and playing an that well. Unbelievable
3: leader, but yeah, you look at that new back row of Stander, Van der Fleer and. Caelan Doris and you just think
2: and and Doris has been picked to yeah.
3: starting for a little while hasn't he
2: I think, but yeah, I, I, I don't, a, but I don't a, think anyone absolutely expected absolutely
3: to the man given the injury problems that Ireland have got with, with their back row and with their number eights you know Doris being involved in some way is not a shock and I think he's to the man of ball as far as Test Rugby I think goes, shock to be honest. was that
2: nobody expected Standard to move into a different position in the back row to accommodate him yeah people expect but Standard I to be on Standard the bench
3: I always thought Stando was a better six than he was an eight anyway, to be honest. So I think mm. it might actually kind of work pretty well. Um, so we run
2: through the full so team?
3: That...
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. So we've got from the fullback Jordan Lama, Andrew Conway. Patricia mm. will be happy. Andrew Conway. Is, is Keith Earls injured? Is um, he just old? No, well, I no, he's playing fine, and I thought from an experience point of view, he should be there. Sorry, people are probably scream at the radio that he is definitely injured. I'll try and look up Keith Earls injured while I'm talking. So, Andrew Conway is there because the possibility that Keith Earls might be injured.
3: Yeah, uh, no, I don't think he's injured. Uh, no, Keith Earls was. I mean, yeah, he seems to be fit. He's in the squad, isn't he? No. Is
2: he not? No, that's what makes you think he's injured. Hmm. Anyway, so if he's not, that's, that's quite a big call. Conway coming in. Uh, not that he's a bad player, Conway. I would have thought he was stuck with those for his experience. And stuff. Anyway, Lord, so Jordan Lama, Andrew Conway, Gary Ringrose, Bundy Aki, Jacob Stockdale, Johnny Sexton, who's the new captain, of course. He's, the, the Connor Murray's still in. We'll talk about that in a minute. Keane Healy, Rob Herring at Ulster, obviously, because Rory Best has gone, so Rob Herring's in. Tyke Furlong. Ian Henderson, James Ryan, and we've already talked about Stander Stan Van der and Keelan Doris. The bench is Ronan oh. Kelleher, the very exciting up-and-coming guy from Leinster. Dave dancing Dave Kilcoyne. Oh yes. Uh, Andrew Porter, Devin Toner is back. The screaming skull, Ghost Rider, could not be kept down.
3: That to me, in many ways, is perhaps the most interesting part of this whole sketch dynamic
2: that Klein is is, the fuck out of there yeah (laughs)
3: and and you know there was so much obviously and people people are sort of saying well you know Klein is younger Klein is a player for the future Klein is the sort of player that's going to take Ireland forward and at first opportunity Andy Farrell's gone no we'll have a bit more big dev please
2: yeah Klein wasn't this, on the video cover for the Hills Have Eyes, so therefore, absolutely he hasn't not got that going for him.
3: <laughs> um, Earls is fit, by the way, and just wasn't picked.
2: Oh, that is very interesting. I like Conway. Actually, was, it's a surprise. I don't think he's a terrible selection. Really, it's just a surprise. The rest of the bench were he was in the
3: wider squad, yeah, bam, but was cut down
2: at the last. Omani, Cooney, Rossburn, Robbie Henshaw is on the bench. There's uh, there's not a lot of kind of sexy outside back cover there, is there? If somebody comes off, there's was a big, say, bit of big booms coming. Rob- Do you remember when Henshaw played yeah. fullback before? It didn't go well. So
3: didn't go well, did it? Um, yeah, it's, it's it's. I'm not sure how what why I can tell you exactly the kind of impact that Robbie Henshaw will bring <laughs> off the bench, but it's it's kind yeah. of yeah. You know, it's not it's not like bringing Jordan Lama off the bench like they were doing last season, is it? Yeah. You know, I'm very, I'm pleased that Ron, that Lama's getting a chance I'm to actually start. I'm very much
2: looking forward to him at 15 being a permanent, I'm hoping, as a permanent fixture and being the full yes. run through everything. Um, yeah, I agree. We'll come back to the fact that Connor Murray is starting, because obviously the big shout is, was for John Cooney to be starting.
3: The, that is the, the thing I think that, you know, people have got very, sort of, oh, same old fucking island about <laughs> this. But it's like, you know, for the rest of the team, well, yeah, because why wouldn't you pick Jacob Stockdale, Bundy, Aki, Gary Ringos, yeah. Andrew Conway, Jordan Lama, or indeed fucking Tag Furlong, Ian Henderson, James Ryan? Yes, yeah. You know, it's... it's
2: As we said yeah, in the did. kind of debrief from the World Cup, there was nothing overly to worry about personnel-wise. they had yeah. gone through a really bad six to ten months. Mm. And and I think and the diminishing returns had set in with Schmidt, for whatever reason, it happens. Yeah, but yeah. you're not going to jettison an entire squad of players who are no. that are fucking
0: talented.
3: Extremely silly. And, you know, the, the, the only things that sort of do make you go, fucking hell, are you still sticking with that, really, is Murray and Sexton. You know, like, and whether...
2: Kirby been injured takes a bit of that out. Sexton's a captain now. So I think he's always, <clears> and he still is one of the best players around. Um, I think the thing with Murray is, I think the problem is that a lot of people have fallen into the thinking... That Conor Murray can only do what he's been doing for the past six to seven months in an Island yes. shirt.
1: That's a very I good think point. people
2: forget he's a fucking good player, and if a coach tells him to do something different, he's perfectly capable of executing something different. Hugely, hugely. But Island fell into player. a fucking box kicking, mental disintegrated nightmare. Yeah. They were hideous, you know, they, they were awful to watch for a period, and they weren't even getting results. And yeah. I don't think Schmidt knew how to unspool it, how to back away from it, to be honest.
3: Mm.
2: Well, he believed in what he was doing, I suppose, and thought he would come right. Why would he back away from it? And it, that, that wasn't yeah. the case.
3: Coaches I, are nothing if not fucking hugely, you well, know... you've got to believe in Southerner what you're doing, haven't you? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. And I think Murray, uh, the quote from Farrell is, is that he's been very happy without, you know, Zippy and everything else Murray's looked in training. And good. Like with all have. his experience and his Lions caps and all that kind of stuff, it's a lot to jettison, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Equally, though, neither of these, like, maybe one of them will still be around at the next World Cup.
2: Yeah, but South Africa have kind of demonstrated, haven't they, that you don't need four years.
3: No, it's true. But it's a case of what are Ireland getting out of playing a 34 year old Johnny Sexton for another two years? Of diminishing returns when you know he could be on the bench being a fucking the ultimate bloody safety blanket for somebody like ross burn and equally you know the issue with <laughs> the issue with the john cooney versus conor murray thing is that cooney's fucking 29 so it's not like either either of them are spring chickens either and so i can sort of understand that a bit more but yes. That's that's for me the only part of this island team where you just think fuck they need a fucking plan B here.
2: Thing is, I don't look at Ross Byrne and think somebody you want to pin something on for the next five years. Not a bad no, player. No, no, well,
3: yeah, it's a fair point. Like the Carbery's the... a better
2: shout for me, but he seems to yeah, be you know, a Car- Yeah, they call Car- me they call me Mr. Glail.
3: Yeah, it's. But that was the same with with Sexton a lot true. at the start of his career. Yeah, you know? That is true. And
2: yeah, now that, he just plays with have... broken limbs, it would seem. Yeah, there's never yeah, a game where it doesn't look like something's hanging off in a way. <laughs> <laughs> it was, every it game has a joint Brian that Adriskel bends the wrong though. way at some point. You know. That
3: was the classic Brian O'Driscoll thing, though, wasn't it? It's like, sorry, <laughs> Adam and something that Jones does a lot now as well. There's a moment in every game where he's very slow to get up, and everyone goes, oh no. <laughs> and then he gets up and he's fine.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, lads. I've splintered my pancreas. <laughs> oh, I've got to go off. I'll yeah. be, be five minutes. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, so I, I think you look at that Ireland team though, and you think in this moment, in this you know hour, in this tournament, that's a very, very fucking strong team, you know, and it's a very experienced team. And if I was Andy Farrell, I'd just be going, just try and throw it about a bit more, lads. But broadly, just do what you were doing.
2: And it's 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 genuine for me. It's gonna be fascinating to see what a head coach, Andy Farrell, head coach, does. Because as much as there was lots of talk about how influential he was in the Lancaster regime and whatever influence that had on the mm-hmm. on the um, Sam Burgess stuff, he wasn't the yeah. head coach. He was he was the defensive guy, you know. So yeah, and a lot of people are assuming because he's this kind of you know leader of men, straight talking, northern sort of guy who obviously has he's a disciplinarian and all that kind of stuff that yeah. he's going to have this very simple game plan. I'm not so sure that's the case. You have to remember that when he was playing, and he played most of his, you know, everyone always makes his point, he played a lot of rugby league. He played in one of the most vibrantly attacking clubs you've ever seen. And he was yeah. a very vibrantly talented player with the ball in his hands. I know we didn't see that in Union, but I don't, you know, and all the coaches he will have he worked for... Phys- he was basically
3: physically shot by the time oh, he, he ended up he was,
2: Union. Yeah, he was tied together with paper mache and fucking... He lashed together with tape, basically. But he was um, Yeah, and he'd lost all his pace. But I mean he didn't have a massive amount of paper, he'd lost whatever pace he had. So it's gonna be I don't know, but it's gonna be really interesting because we've never seen him, have we? As a head. I'm trying to think. He's not been a head coach anywhere. He's been parachuted no. in. He was parachuted into Munster as a consultant, but that was mostly to work on their organisation and stuff like that.
3: He's never, ever had that level of total unfettered responsibility before no i think that's really interesting to see how he deals with that of being the not just being the man that sort of quietly you know the power behind the throne whether you know whether you believe he was that or not under lancaster you know the sort of quiet man at the side that's sort of exerting a lot of influence is a very different thing to being the man in the spotlight that has to answer the hard questions when you lose
2: what it would be funny is if he's put an absolute ban on the sexton run around that's what, I, that's what I want to say. Have <laughs> he spent the entire first three weeks of his training? Every time he goes to do going, you could stop doing that right now.
3: No. <laughs> yes. Eventually, they're going to stop falling for it.
2: Yes. We have a new pattern, and it involves not doing that. Anyway, we'll see. So, yeah, Indeed. so that's what I'm generally interested about. So it's hard to call how this team's going to play, really. Um, they are at home. No,
3: because, I mean, you've got they've got Mike Katz. Uh, Doing things, yeah. Did this, yeah. Although well, he didn't do much of the cat, did he? But, no, um, it's sort of weird. It's like is, and people are going, Oh, my
2: cat, and I'm going,
1: Oh, my cat.
2: <laughs> if I was an Irish yeah. fan, I'd be genuinely looking forward to this. Well, I am yes. looking forward to it as a rugby fan, but if I was Irish, I'd think, You know what? I quite, fanci- I quite fancy Sexton kind of being managed out over the next two years, and I'm in a good fucking two year run at the next World Cup. So you can find a new way of not getting out of the quarterfinals.
3: Yeah. I mean, if I was Andy Farrell, I'd sit down with Sexton and go, look, you you and me both know you're not going to make the next fucking World Cup, but you might make the next Lions Tour. Hmm. You know, even at 36, that is a fucking, it's a big ask. But you might. You know, you're Hmm. a good, you're a fucking good enough generationally talented player that you might. So... Give me two years of you being fucking really good and we'll see if we can get you off on a lions tour and you can you know go off into the sunset wearing that red jersey but you have to sort of help ross burn and you have to help all of these players that are coming through to basically take up the mantle when you're done yeah. And, which I
2: assume he's doing anyway
3: but yeah, it's, uh... which I assume he's doing anyway yeah but like it, as you say you know if they can get two good years out of him two years where he's fucking motivated and excited and playing good rugby and playing you know not, not within himself but not trying to you know understanding the limitations of what his body can do now and just being an excellent fucking on field general which he's you know superlatively good at Ireland could be very good for the next two years. Really very
2: good. I don't think it was anything like... Even though that result was terrible against New Zealand, I don't... Oh, it was. I've said it before, i said it again. They are nothing like as bad as that result suggested. Oh, no. And I think that this could be something to look forward to for Ireland. It's quite, it's quite
3: often a case in a World Cup or in a post-World Cup year that the team that has fucking stunk the place out... <laughs> quite it's has a good old, old rinse down exactly, exactly yeah <laughs> has has some points to prove when it comes to the actual six nations itself and i feel like ireland this year might be that team that just are going to are determined to show that they are not as bad as the last 12 to 18 yeah. months has demonstrated them to be
2: and if there's anybody who can make them realise that they have no choice but to get fucking better, it's Andy Farrell. So
3: Exactly.
2: We'll see. Um, Scotland. Scotland. <laughs> What's going on there, then? Oh, my God. Should we talk about the continuing I... misadventures of, of Finn Russell first? Where Ooh. the fuck is Finn Russell right now? Well, yeah. Dubai, well, apparently.
3: Well, is Carmen Sandy No, Finn Russell. Um, yeah, man. What a weird fucking sketch this is. Like... So let me get because uh, I I've obviously been following this from afar, right? Mm-hmm. So he turned up. He played for Racing on Sunday
2: before the first squad meet
3: or this last Sunday. Before the first squad. Before first, the first squad, squad, squad meet. Yeah, he joined a bit later. For, yeah, he came. He 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 left, So he played for Racing in Paris on Saturday on Sunday afternoon. He then joined up with the squad in yeah. Edinburgh which can't, at the earliest must have been sort of 6, 7 o'clock. At the earliest, yes, Yes, yeah. at the earliest, probably later. Then at 10 o'clock he's having a few beers in the bar and they tell him to stop having a drink and he won't. And then he refuses. He was never supposed to be training on the Monday because he played on the Sunday.
2: And then the summary was that he was so naffed off he had a beer with his breakfast or something, didn't he? To yeah. To kind of make a point. Which is a wonderful bit of fucking... Which is it's a wonderful bit <laughs> of <fiction.
3: laughs> Fair play. I kind of feel like I'm a little bit on Finn's side in all this. In that, like, if he knew... If you just played a game of rugby, like, less than six hours before, and you just want to have a couple of beers to fucking calm down, and somebody comes in and says, it's 10 o'clock, you need to stop drinking and go to bed. And you were never going to train tomorrow anyway, because you weren't expected to, and you didn't really have anything to get up for.
2: I think what they're saying is that doesn't that doesn't really matter because team because rules hashtag, and curfew hashtag and values. And, every, and nobody's I bigger think, than the team and all that kind of stuff. But
3: well, the reality is, though, Finn Russell is much bigger than this team.
2: Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, do you know what in some ways yes and there's always been examples in every sport of a certain sort of maverick talent who you have to manage a little bit differently when huh. um, Kevin Keegan had David Ginola at Newcastle yep. Ginola got really bored with training so Kevin Keegan would kind of take him to one side and they'd just do like headers and volleys and keep you up for about three hours and just run around yep. cones and just generally have a bit of a laugh together because he saw that's how you keep him happy, and then he goes out Saturday yeah. and does fucking David Ginola things. Yeah, um, I'm still not so sure from a Scotland. So I, that's what that's the kind of thing I think people talk about when they say about managing something of like Finn Russell differently. I'm still not so sure from a Scotland point of view. He's got enough in the bank to be fucking around like this.
3: No, and I think that's perhaps the root of all of this, isn't it? Is that his. His exploits for racing this season, where yes, not beat around the bush, he has been fucking sensational. He is on the Good. fire, yes. Yeah, has sort of inflated his already fairly hefty ego to a point where clearly people involved in the Scotland hierarchy and Gregor Townsend felt that he needed to be made an example of. Unfortunately, they've done it in a way that has had the exact opposite result of what they were planning, I think, which is that Finn Russell has not gone away chastened. Finn Russell has gone away, played brilliantly for Racing that weekend, and then gone and got on the fucking beers in Dubai <laughs> with his mates and had a good laugh. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, I it's that sort of thing of like, it's like rugby social contract, isn't it? Mm. Like, there's a sort of like, Rugby only works when... And that sort of like slightly po-faced, over-the-top, you know, team-before-self, rugby-hashtag-rugby-values thing only works if all players respect that. And if a player just goes, no, nah, fuck you, I'm better than this team, I'm better than every single one of my teammates, and I'm not going to listen to you, and you can't do it without me, so you can either make your team much worse without me or you can give me a fucking pass. And I, Finn's basically taken that route and gone, well, fuck you, win without me then. And I think everyone has got Because he actually
2: left of his own accord. He wasn't kicked out of the squad. He decided no. to fuck off, didn't he?
3: He gone. well, I'll go and play for Racing then. If I'm not going to be playing for you this weekend, I'll yeah. go then. And
2: There's some rumours that... that it's it's Hogg as a new captain, flexing some muscles around discipline and what he expects and all that kind of stuff. Don't know how true that right. is, but I've that sort of Somebody ventured. Uh, Actually, a listener got in touch about this. Max Traley DM'd me, and he said, um, there's lots of opinions about this. He said, but however there's more to this, it started with the the SRU's total shit show involving Finn's father.
3: I mean, I did wonder if there was any relation to that whole thing. Then frustration.
2: Then there was frustration over the style of play that came to a head in that Calcutta Cup game last year that that they came roaring back in. That frustration led to Scotland's best best rugby the past eighteen months. In that game, uh, Russell, did that the, Russell did that with the Russell did that with the backup of several players. You know, it was a kind of mutiny in the camp sort of thing. So, what mm. does Townsend do? He makes a conservative selection for the World Cup squad. It includes aging Seymour, Barkley, one-dimensional Harris, Taylor. It's a bit unfair on Taylor, I think, but uh, starts ponderous Greg Laidlaw. and frankly, The result, the result was terrible. They'll never have a forwards player, so they need to have a different approach, and you can't make it... W- and the thing is, they need Russell for that, and I think what he's effectively saying is, this is kind of Gregor Townsend's fault, really, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, it
3: certainly doesn't reflect well on Gregor Townsend that, you know, the best player that Scotland have. And let's be honest, one, one of the most talented players that they've ever had, in terms of sheer ability... Is you know <laughs> is effectively being ostracized from the squad in this way through you know whether whoever's blame it is I don't think it really matters but I don't think this would happen under Eddie Jones or under Warren Gatland you know no I don't and think, I think they'd that, let um, it go this far
2: and I think that, I think any team is ultimately I suppose, an outcomes game really and I think that mm-hmm. they should have at least let him come back for his first training session and yeah. if he looked off the pace and arrogant and not right, then they could have said right, this is fucking it now you fucked around Sunday, you didn't do this and now you look like shit in training this is not on but to kind of just go, "You will," I, just, I don't know it doesn't make much sense to me, and that's not actually because he's Finn so I think just generally there should be an element of, he wasn't meant like your point he wasn't meant to train tomorrow anyway yeah, he probably shouldn't have done that let's just give him a bit of a warning yeah, it's and the, then and then if he's the training like shit on Wednesday, then 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 we'll fucking tell him, you know. It was
3: these. It's the zero tolerance approach combined with sort of making it all very public and sort of seemingly looking like they want to sort of get into a bit of a war of words slash PR war with their own fucking best player the week before the Six Nations just to me is so weird and speaks of a not very good culture there.
2: And Finn Russell is responsible for his own performances, ultimately. Yeah. Which continue to be very good. So yeah. anyway, so he's not in. So what is the team? No. So Stuart there Hogg, is. the new captain, of course, is is at the fullback. Made one that, by the way.
3: Hmm? Stuart Hogg as captain, I find that quite a weird There decision. is literally
2: no other fucker to do it, I think.
3: I think, yeah, it's that or you give it to Xander Fagus and or Fraser Brown, don't you? Yeah. And,
2: yeah. yeah. I don't like full-backs as cap, but Scotland does have a history of fullbacks at captain.
3: It does. It has a, a, a history of Loves being it. very bad while that was happening as well. <laughs> so, you well, know.
2: yeah mixed. Anyway, Hogs there. Maitland, Hugh Jones is back. Johnson <laughs> is still in there. Um, Kinghorn, Hastings... Ali Price in the now, you know, post Laidlaw era. Front row is Sutherland, Brown and Fagerson, Cummings and Gray on the second row. And then it's an all Edinburgh back row of Richie, Watson and Haining, who's in
3: for his start. Yeah, that's quite a turn up. Then but the game probably more about the fact that, that there's so many fucking, they, they're so lacking in decent ball carrying number eights. So it's kind of like, well, we're just going to have to give Nick Haining a go, aren't we? Yeah. Uh,
2: then the replacements are McAnally, Dell, Bergen, Dupreez, Tulis, Horn, Hutchinson, and Harris. That's some fucking wide spectrum stuff on on baller playing in those There's three, a... isn't it? Horn boo, Hutchinson boo. <laughs> Harris Yeah the, um, <laughs> the, the Max's point though about this. the way they put <laughs>
3: More of this you
2: representing
3: rugby players with a noise.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, the, that point that Max was making about the way Scotland play, yes. there is something about, I think you said, didn't Eddie Jones say actually about Scotland, they should be the Japan of Europe. Yeah. They should work yeah, fiercely on high tempo and fast skills. And yeah. that's what they should do because you can't manufacture. They don't have that factory that South yeah. Africa have that produce these terrifying yeah. fucking monsters. Yeah.
3: They're not England. They can't just go raiding the Southern Hemisphere and Pacific Islands to find big lads. You know, yeah, they're they're they've on. got to... A... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, you're like that. he was entirely correct. Like, Scotland do not have a fucking vintage crop of forwards at the moment and haven't for quite a long time. And just be real about it, except to, and I, I kind of feel like... <laughs> That's you know we we talked in the World Cup about you know is 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 he any good, Gregor Townsend? <laughs> um I don't think we, uh, the jury,
2: the jury's still out for me, Clive. It's extremely
3: a... extremely still, out. and I I just feel like there's a a way that Gregor Townsend wants to play that is not and it's not that it's not very attacking and very exciting because I think it probably is. But it requires but more. According to all
2: reports, forward. that wasn't the case in the Calcutta Cup. It was the players going, right, fucking stop what you're trying to make us do. It yeah. was, apparently, apparently, this is what happened in the 2001 Lions, wasn't it? They just took it off Graham Henry because what he was trying to get him to do was shit. So they went, right, yeah. you're not fucking making decisions anymore. We're taking <laughs> responsibility for it.
3: But exactly. It's that. It's It's.
2: So does Townsend? Yeah, people always assume because Townsend is who he is, and I suppose at Glasgow, but that he's got he will be this wonderful, all singing, all dancing thing. And I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm.
3: Well, when you look at you know particularly that whole England's fucking Finn Russell fallout situation, like his when it comes to Test rugby, his instincts seem to be a lot more conservative than they were at Glasgow. Mm,
2: yeah, true. And. There is something about the paralysis at the very top level, Look at Lancaster. Wonderful coach. Yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. fucking paralyzed by the by what it meant to be the top guy.
3: <clears throat> yeah. Which bring you know, brings us back to what we said about Andy Farrell earlier. You know, he's never been that top guy before. It'll be interesting he's to see been how out. he'll be I'm sure he'll be <laughs> at, he's not gonna be paralysed by anything. <laughs> um not even Bull Tranquilizer, but like yeah, it's 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 interesting, and you know, I always come back to the whole sketch with Townsend that you know he basically got this job because in a sort of classic middle manager way of going, promote me or I'm leaving, and that's not a brilliant situation for any head coach to come into a sports team, I don't think. Very
2: S R U though, isn't it? It's a, <laughs> yeah. like the chief exec now. Give me a million yeah. pound I say a million pound, or I'm leaving. Okay. Talking to yourself okay. in the mirror. Right you know? Yeah. Yes, I will give <laughs> you, you that. It. You, you know know stick you around.
3: Yeah. You fucking earned it. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's kind of the sort of the cloud that's always hung over his abilities for me. And I, I think this is going to be a very, very important Six Nations for him to say. You know, if it goes badly, I think he'll be gone if you can. I think if he continues to. Look like a squad where there's division, and a squad where you know Finn Russell is basically you know ostracized or marginalized, and you know the whole thing feels it, it all feels very Walesy, if I'm <laughs> honest. He's the...
2: gone. He could be gone, and Jim Mallinder needs a job, doesn't he? So, well, oh, no, he's there yeah. now, isn't he? Is he in Scotland now, Jim Mallinder?
3: Probably. I haven't been keeping track of him. Did he drive there in bare feet? Or <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, th- I feel like if this is a bad Six Nations for Scotland, Townsend will be gone. And unfortunately for Scotland, both Vern Cotter and Dave Rennie now have got better things to do. So I'm not sure where they go. You know, presumably it's Richard Cockrell gets the call next. Which I'd be interested in. I'd be interested in seeing test, match, test level Richard Cockrell, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, that would be a good shout.
3: I mean, I'm not
1: sure oh, no, how of course he turned... he's
2: da- he's director of rugby. Oh, he's manager director of rugby now.
3: Mm. Okay, I must have missed that one. Bless him. Yeah. So you know, there's there's people that are in positions yes. <laughs> that are clearly clearly there. In case you know, in case of emergency, break glass and Jim Ander appears.
2: Um, the break glass option is Jim Mallinger. <laughs> Fuck me. You have a word of that, don't you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it it's all of a sudden, you know, even after a disappointing World Cup, you know, it wasn't quite that fucking bleak. But this whole Finn Russell situation has sort of turned the whole pallor of the thing into Oh. Could this, you know, if things, if they lose a couple of games on the bounce here, he could be done and dusted in very fucking short order.
2: So, how's this game going to play out then? It's in um, Dublin. Do you, do you remember the World Cup? I do remember. Pretty okay. much like that. Oh yes. Well, well yes, when Scotland was sort of turned into a fine paste. Minutes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, as I said, I think you come back to. I don't, I don't think they're going to, you know, they're going to win this game. I think they're going to win it by about ten points. I think, but uh, the, um, the. I do think there is something about Scotland picking a game plan and sticking to it because at least uh, it'll be something for the fucking fans to watch. I don't know, and I, that yeah. sounds really patronising, but I just think there's a kind of you can keep trying to do the game that they, they have done in patches and it's just not working and it's just hideous to watch and you end up getting powdered or you can. Um,
3: have a bit of fun out there, like you can do
2: with Japan. Basically. Yeah.
3: The issue I've got with Scotland doing anything in this game is I just am unconvinced by Adam Hastings as a test match fly off. Like yeah. I just I just don't I don't buy it. I'm happy to be proved wrong, but I don't buy it.
2: Yes. But you see, well, I suppose if they don't play they play George Horn, so <laughs> So who I mean again, I quite like, like I like him, but
3: you can understand why Finn thought that he was irreplaceable, can't you?
2: But, I mean, they've, they've lost quite a lot of pizzazz, haven't they? Because Finn's gone and uh, Darcy Graham's injured. Oh,
3: that's sad, isn't it? I mean, just that's just sad for everyone without Darcy Graham, yes, isn't it?
2: indeed. Indeed. Right then. So, there you go. We think I was going to win that one. We've been going on for a very long time. That's because of the half-hour yeah. fucking tumbling, tumble drive. Chat. machine chat. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, me and Josh have not had a chance to catch up with this stuff.
3: No, we've got to get these do you know things what I mean? out. We've got to get, go get this out, out of somewhere. We? This. Oh, of course we say we think it's going to win the Six Nations before we go? Yes. Or did we say that? Did we say that at the start? No, we didn't. Can't remember.
2: Who's going go to win on. the Six Nations, Josh? Um, um, uh, do you know what? I don't think there's going to be no Grand Slam. I don't think. I think that the Blues are at home this year, aren't they? Yeah. Is it? No, I can't remember. And you know what? I've got sneaky suspicion Ireland might do it.
3: I think I don't think I, don't, I think as, as I sort of said, I thought it could be really open and interesting, or it could just be England winning it by virtue of like having the most coherency.
2: If England and play the way they did in that World Cup semi-final, it's kind of all over for most people.
3: Agreed. To be honest, to be honest, with you, if England play it as like they've played at any point in the last five years. And with the exception of that weird 18 months where they were quite bad. Um, yeah. I think really with, you know, they've got Wales at home, they've got Ireland at home.
2: There you go. Yeah, I,
3: sorry. I just think that's, it's, it's either going to be an England slam or it's going to be a very, very tight one. And I'd love to see France win it. I genuinely would. I'd like just... I want just to see Sean Edwards'
2: face it. with a big massive cockerel on his chest holding a trophy. Yeah.
3: And a beret. <laughs> you know he's got one. You Damn. know they've given him
2: one. Yes. Yeah. So there you go then. Let us know yeah. what you think. Uh, sorry about the delay, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us, but it's been a, a yeah, rare dude. old week and uh, we will be back. I'm on The Guardian this weekend. I'm still waiting to hear what... I'm definitely Ooh. doing France-England. Um, and They're asking me to do the play ratings afterwards. So the open comments on that. So I'm about to get an absolute fucking world of shit about that. So... Um, and I don't know what I'm doing Saturday, but obviously I'm hoping it's the Ireland game, I'll be honest, N- no offence, but uh, uh, no, I'll, I'll take, take, take whatever me. I'm given, but uh, I'll speak to you all, you know, come and join me on there. If not, we'll speak to you all next week when Indeed. we'll all be a take bit care. more together. Take care, everybody. Uh, well, fingers well, crossed. Take care, yeah. everyone.
0: Bye. The one and only Sausage and Egg McMuffin from McDonald's. With a freshly cracked free range egg, perfectly seasoned sausage, and oozing cheese. Mm, that's unreal. What she said McDonald's, breakfast done properly. Sports Social
1: Podcast Network.